Welcome to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation of Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel. It is Monday, June 7th, 2021, and we are live. Well, it's been a very busy day. I was up late last night. We did a show last night, Sunday, you know, we're on for two hours, it's editing video. Then um, I take a couple naps a day. Was, I mean, it's just a busy day. And today's my 50th birthday as well. So I was responding to a lot of birthday wishes on social media. So thanks to all the birthday wishes as well. They're still coming in. <laughs> Last I checked on Facebook, it was like over 200 just from the day. So, <laughs> so uh, thanks for that. All right. I was contemplating what I was going to do the show tonight or not, but I said, okay, I'll, I'll go ahead and do it. But uh, <laughs> I'll be in Atlanta. Uh, speech uh, speech from Arrested Development sent me a birthday wish, and I posted the flyer on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, The African History Network, uh, about uh, Arrested Development performing in Atlanta at the Juneteenth Festival. Uh, taking place uh, Friday, June 18th through Sunday, June 20th. And I'll be there as well. I'm speaking that Saturday and Sunday. So you'll hear more about that as well. All right. So on today's show, um, you know, we've been talking about critical race theory and the attack on critical race theory from, from conservatives, from the GOP. And, and most of them can't tell you what critical race theory is. It's just a uh, catch-all for things that they don't like dealing with uh, racism, teachings they don't like dealing with racism, et cetera. Well, uh, on Thursday in uh, Georgia, okay, that was uh, Thursday, uh, June 3rd in Georgia, uh, Georgia school officials uh, passed a resolution condemning critical race theory. Uh, Georgia's education board on Thursday, June 3rd, approved a resolution that says the United States and Georgia are not racist and students should not be taught that racism or slavery are anything but deviations from the country's quote unquote authentic principles. Okay. They should not be taught that uh, racism or slavery are anything but deviations from the country's quote unquote authentic founding principles. So we're going to we're going to talk about this now. The the uh, resolution is not binding. There's no penalty behind it. It doesn't clearly define uh, the teachings that they're talking about either. It, um, and there's no effort to teach critical race theory basically in schools, especially K through 12. That's something taught at the college level, graduate school level and law and, and law schools. But once again, we see this attack and along with this attack we see in different states, they're trying to limit what can be taught about systemic racism, limit what can be taught about slavery, et cetera. Okay. So we're going to talk about that. Georgia education board passes resolution on critical race theory. And then, um, also iconic actor, Clarence Williams, Clarence uh, Williams, the third, uh, most people probably knew him as uh, link from the mod squad. Okay, Link from the Mod Squad. And then also he played uh, Prince's father in Purple Rain. Okay, he's passed away at uh, age 81. 
So we'll talk some about uh, Clarence Williams, Clarence Williams III as well. Okay, on the African History Network show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Because right now it's correct for own behavior. Oh, you're speaking of Prince. This day's Prince's birthday also. We share the same birthday. Uh, Prince, myself, Dr. Ray Hagens, we all share the same birthday. Um, on the African History Network show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Because right now it's correct for own behavior. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. So you control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts. You can control the circumference of his or her actions because the mind can't do or teach what it doesn't know. Now, we deal with a number of different topics here. On the African History Network show, we deal with current events in history and politics, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Sign up for our email newsletter. Text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T, to 22828. To sign up for our email newsletter, text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T, to 22828. To sign up for our email newsletter, also visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Sign up for our email newsletter there as well. Now, you can still register for the um, 10-week online course. It's not 10 weeks. I had to add additional week. The 10-week online course that I teach. On Saturdays, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. We deal with thousands of years of history, and we deal with what led up to the transatlantic slave trade uh, taking place. Uh, our guest speaker on Saturday, June 12th, is going to be... Uh, uh, Dr. David M. Hotep, author of the book, The First Americans Were Africans, Documented Evidence. Uh, so if you go to our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, when you scroll down the page, uh, you see the information for uh, the class. Click right here to register. It takes you to the next page. Click on Enroll. As soon as you register, you start watching the content. Uh, it's class is 54% off, so it's regularly $130. It's on sale uh, $60 right now. And all the sessions, we do the classes live, all the sessions are recorded, so you can go back and watch them over and over again as well, okay? You can go back and watch them over and over again. Um, this is uh, Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, where they didn't teach you in school. This is a 10-week uh, online course uh, that I teach, and we deal with uh, thousands of years of history, and we deal with what led up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place also. So Dr. David M. Hotel will talk about the premise of his book, The First Americans Were Africans, Documented Evidence. We're going to have a slideshow presentation as well. Um, he'll deal with the uh, archaeological evidence of the African presence. This is his book here. He'll deal with the archaeological evidence of an African presence dating back at least 51,700 years ago here in the land that we call the United States of America. And, and that, that is the uh, Khoisan, who come from Southern Africa. They go all around the world. They're the short, stat short statured Africans, ancestors that I knew in the Twa. They were here in this land before Native Americans even came into existence. We'll talk about uh, how Native Americans came into existence. We'll, we'll deal with the evidence. And then he'll talk about his new book that'll be out maybe about a month or so. The first Americans were Africans revisited. So as soon as you register, 
um you can start watching the content you can watch uh, last saturday's class and the class before that we had um Nubia Wartford, archaeologist Nubia Wartford, speak to our class a few weeks ago. She dealt with the origins of ancient Kush and the African queens of antiquity. And uh, you'll be ready for Saturday, June 12th. It's going to blow you away. And for me, that this, this past Saturday's class was fantastic. Yeah, that's what students told me. That's not me saying it. That's what they told me. Okay, so <laughs> I'm not trying to sound arrogant, but <laughs> that's what they told me. But uh, this, this class, uh, June 12th, is going to be fantastic. All right, so we'll post a link here. Uh, you can register for it and you can start watching the content. All right, I want to jump into uh, this topic here dealing with uh, critical race theory. Also, if you'd like this type of information, you can support the African History Network, dollar sign, the AHN show through Cash App, dollar sign, the AHN show through Cash App, also through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. So I, I saw this article uh, a couple of days ago from... Um, NBCnews.com, June 4th, NBCnews.com. We're going to go to clip. Uh, we're going to go to clip two, Shakita, from uh, CBS Local. Uh, Georgia school officials condemn some teaching about race. Georgia school officials condemn some teaching about race. Um, and this story is picked up by the Associated Press, but the uh, Georgia's education board on Thursday, June 3rd, approved a resolution that says the United States and Georgia are not racist and students should not be taught that racism or slavery are anything but deviations from the country's quote unquote authentic founding principles, end quote. Now to me, as a historian, this sounds like somebody who don't understand history, number one, okay? But the me measure approved by an 11 to two vote was introduced amid a national reckoning with race that has prompted state legislatures and Republican-controlled states across the country to try to define what race-related ideas can be taught in public schools and colleges. Uh, I want to go to clip two quickly here before the break. Uh, Georgia Education Board passes resolution on critical race theory. This is from uh, Fox 5 in Atlanta. Let's go to this clip. Or oh, Atlanta CBS local, I should say. Education's special meeting today, race discussions in the classroom. Board members voted on a resolution in response to a May letter from Governor Brian Kemp. In it, he calls for critical race theory to not be taught in Georgia schools. CW69's Valencia Jones reports. The vote is 11 yeses and two noes. Members of the Georgia Board of Education passed a resolution joining several states and school systems looking to ban teaching on race. It is not the adoption of a board rule. This is the adoption of a resolution. This is in response to Governor Brian Kemp's letter urging the board to keep critical race theory out of Georgia's curriculum. Board members Leontay Benton and Kenneth Mason voted against it, saying the board should have discussed it first. The statement, when I read it, made me feel like I didn't belong because it excused the existence of racism. Those supporting the resolution say critical race theory is divisive. We are respecting equality. That means treating people like you'd like to be treated. Critical race theory is not about division or divisiveness. It's about uh, democracy. Law professor Kendall Thomas co-wrote a book called Critical Race Theory, key writings that founded the movement in 1995. He worked with Kimberlé Crenshaw, who founded the theory. It's about the system 
systemic and the structural harms of colorblind racism, which is the face of racism in so much of America today. He has his okay. own theory. Pause, pause it right there, Shakita. Pause it right there. Pause it right there. Pause it right there. Okay. We'll, we'll continue this another side of the break. Uh, do me a favor, just uh, recue it back up, start it from the beginning. Uh, we'll deal with this on the other side of the break. Georgia school officials condemn some teaching about race, passed a resolution condemning critical race theory. Listen to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation of Future Radio. I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Gain knowledge in minutes from insightful summaries of progressive and socially conscious books. Blacklisted gives you access to curated content that'll satisfy your curiosity to learn and understand different perspectives. Empower yourself through inspirational and actionable ideas. It's easy to read or listen to on the go. Blacklisted. Empower yourself. Start your free trial today. Getting ready for fall or winter? We have the solution for all seasonal clothing needs. Cometicwear.com is the go-to online source for Cometic African fashion and lifestyle products with a contemporary twist. We're committed to offering unique styles reflecting our African heritage. Cometicwear.com is inspired by Cometicscribes.com to influence our people in learning and showing pride. Please visit our website at Cometicwear.com. We all know the cannabis industry is headed toward an uprise in the past decade. What happens when there is a brand that brings this uprise in a blow? The cannabis industry welcomes her uprise. Hustle Her Hemp. Delivering excellence with pride is her watchword, and how you choose to embrace it makes it a priority. From cultivating rich cannabis into exquisite and tastefully finished CBD products to delivery, Hustle Her Hemp leaves no stone unturned. Hustle Her Hemp's mission is to empower women of color by building business and creating legacies, uniting beauty, health, and business. We are a pure definition of how we want the CBD industry to become in the future. While we are redefining innovation, we bring the same energy to improving the quality of life. Hustle Her Hemp is the new Uprise. Hi, I'm Joel Wilson, President and CEO of JCW Computer Consulting, LLC, a technology implementation firm with over 20 years of satisfying customers. We offer a full spectrum of industry top-tier branded services. We are an authorized partner or reseller for Lenovo, Zoom, T-Mobile, Microsoft 365, and Surface tablets, Google Workspace, Acer, Asus, Samsung, PCmatic security software, and many more. Our online store features laptops, Chromebooks, computers, printers, accessories, and software. Businesses, take advantage of our free one-hour Zoom tech consultation and know we offer top nationwide high-speed internet service providers, voice over IP, and cellular phone services. 
Home users, don't miss our current in-stock Chromebook inventory. Please visit us at jcwcc.com or call 215-879-6701. Digital Dandelion's technical solutions works with businesses like yours to create an operations manual for your business, which is something many businesses don't have. According to AARP, more than 30% of small business owners are over 50 years old. Many business owners want to retire by selling their businesses or by passing their businesses on to their children. However, according to Forbes Investment Advisors, many retiring owners attempt to sell their businesses or retirement fail. You cannot sell your business without a business manual. Your children also cannot inherit your business because there is no way to run it. Your business does not have to die when you leave. Their business Bible products will give you the tools you need for a thriving business that can make you money even after you retire. Are you looking at increasing your business's annual revenue? Digital Dandelions can help you make at least $100,000 in annual revenue and expand your business. Speak with them today about solidifying your business. Visit DigitalDandelions.com today and get a free 30-minute consultation. 910, the Superstation, Detroit's only African-American talk radio. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation, the Future Radio. Hey, I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Monday, June 7th. 2021 we are live those that know me they know today's my birthday as well it's also the birthday of uh prince okay probably that's one of the reasons why i'm a big prince fan prince rogers nelson also uh, one of my teachers dr ray hagans um we're all gemini's okay so right before the break we were talking about the story out of georgia now it's important to note that Georgia has the largest Confederate monument in the country, okay? Georgia has the largest Confederate monument in the country called Stone Mountain, all right? And Stone Mountain is a huge mountain in Georgia, uh, and it has on the side of Stone Mountain are the uh, carvings of uh, General Robert E. Lee, um, Thomas Stonewall Jackson, and uh, also, um, Jefferson Davis, Jefferson Davis, who was the, um, president of the Confederacy, president of the Confederacy. So if you've never seen Stone Mountain, I'll be back in Atlanta, uh, June 18th through the 20th for the, uh, ninth annual Juneteenth festival. Thousands of people will be there. Um, I'll be speaking Saturday and Sunday, 3 p.m., uh, in the, uh, in the amphitheater, and then also uh, have a vendor booth there all three days as well. Uh, look at this article from SmithsonianMag.com. SmithsonianMag.com is the official website of Smithsonian Institute, okay? Um, what will happen to Stone Mountain, America's largest Confederate memorial? We'll go to the phone lines in just a minute. So Lori and Grace uh, stand by. Call in numbers 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the call in number. 
if you have a question or comment. Okay, so uh, if you look at this article here, they show you, uh, it says the Georgia landmark is a testament to the enduring legacy of white supremacy. They're talking about Stone Mountain, all right? This is what's on the side of Stone Mountain. It's a huge mountain, and carved in the side of it are the, uh, the time, uh, you have the um, reliefs of General Robert E. Lee, Thomas Stonewall Jackson, and Jefferson Davis, all traders to the Union, all slave owners, okay? They all took up arms uh, to defend the Confederacy against the Union, okay, to maintain slavery. So this is what's in Georgia right now. Okay, I'm not talking 1967, even though it was there in 1967. I'm talking, no, it, it, that's there right now, Stone Mountain. All right, so so that gives you some idea of like the, the mindset. And we know Georgia is a former Confederate state as well. Okay, so that gives you some idea of the, of the, of the mindset that you're, uh, the, the framework that you're operating within. Okay, now, so, the, the measure was approved uh, from the Georgia's Education Board on Thursday, June 3rd. The measure was approved by an 11 to 2 vote and was introduced amid um, a national reckoning. Introduced amid a national reckoning with race that has prompted state legislatures in Republican uh in Republican uh, states across the country to try to define what race related ideas can be taught in public schools and colleges. It also came on the heels of a letter that the Georgia governor, Brian Kemp, who stole the election from Stacey Abrams, uh, Georgia governor, Brian Kemp, and he appoints the board members to the Georgia, Edu Georgia education board. He sent a letter last month, in May uh, 2021, encouraging them to take such, such action. Now, the resolution is symbolic. Now, this resolution is symbolic. It doesn't institute penalties or things like that. However, I, you probably have a lot of African-American teachers, especially, who are uneasy and, and not sure what can be taught. They don't want to lose their jobs, okay? Uh, the resolution is symbolic and does not impose restrictions on school districts or teachers, though it could lead to binding rules in the future, though it could lead to binding rules in the future. Now, board chair Scott Sweeney said this resolution does not prohibit anybody from teaching anything. This is a belief statement more so than anything else or an affirmation. OK, my question would be, what are you believing? What are you trying to affirm? Because if you think that uh, racism, if, if, if your argument is, is that uh, students should not be taught that racism or slavery are anything but deviations from the country's, quote unquote, authentic founding principles. Well, the U.S. Constitution sanctions slavery. I mean, the U, the, the, uh, Article 1, Section 9, uh, Clause 3 of the U.S. Constitution, known as the Three-Fifths Compromise, 1787, gave slaveholding states, southern slaveholding states, an advantage in the House of Representatives and in the Electoral College. Article 1, Section 9, Clause 1 of the U.S. Constitution uh, uh, 
gave a 20-year window. It gave a, 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 it extended or put off abolishing the international transatlantic slave trade for 20 years until um, 1808. It, Article 1, Section 9, Clause 1 of the U.S. Constitution tells you that the earliest that the international transatlantic slave trade could be abolished is 1808. Article 4, Section 2 lays the foundation for the Fugitive Slave Act of 1793 and 1850. These are founding documents. So when, when they say, when they make an asinine statement like this and say uh, Georgia education, uh, when they, they, if they approve a resolution that says the U.S. and Georgia are, let me, let me bring this back up here. They approve a resolution saying that the U.S. and Georgia are not racist and students should not be taught that racism or slavery are anything but deviations from the country's quote-unquote authentic founding principles. Explain to me what are the authentic founding principles when the U.S. Constitution sanctions slavery. Uh, white, your own white woman couldn't even vote to 1920. What the hell are you talking about? If, if, if you're saying that slavery was a deviation from the country's authentic founding principles, you mean that y'all deviated for 246 years? Because that's how long slavery existed. You, you trying to say you had a 246-year deviation? Uh, Shakira, let's go back to clip number two. This is from Atlanta CBS um, uh, CBS uh, affiliate there in Atlanta. Georgia Education Board passes resolution on critical race theory. Let's go back to this clip. A special meeting today, race discussions in the classroom. Board members voted on a resolution in response to a May letter from Governor Brian Kemp. In it, he calls for critical race theory to not be taught in Georgia schools. CW69's Valencia Jones reports. The vote is 11 yeses and two noes. Members of the Georgia Board of Education passed a resolution joining several states and school systems looking to ban teaching on race. It is not the adoption of a board rule. This is the adoption of a resolution. This is in response to Governor Brian Kemp's letter urging the board to keep critical race theory out of Georgia's curriculum. Board members Leontay Benson and Kenneth Mason voted against it saying the board should have discussed it first. The statement, when I read it, made me feel like I didn't belong because it excused the existence of racism. So supporting the resolution say critical race theory is divisive. We are respecting equality. That means treating people like you'd like to be treated. Critical race theory is not about division or divisiveness. It's about uh, democracy. Law professor Kendall Thomas wrote a book called Critical Race Theory, Key Writings That Founded the Movement in 1995. He worked with Kimberly Crenshaw, who founded the theory. It's about the systemic and the structural harms of colorblind racism, which is the face of racism in so much of America today. He has his own theory about those who oppose it. The folks behind the attacks on critical race theory know that if they can stoke racial fear and distrust, they can prevent the emergence of the diverse 
multi-generational, multiracial movement. A 2019 U.S. Census report shows Georgia ranks 34th in the country in public education funding. That's close to $2,000 per student below the national average. Thomas says that should be the focus. This is just a, a diversionary tactic. Chairman Scott Sweeney says next the board will have conversations on what types of rules to consider. In Atlanta, Valencia Jones, CW69 News. Okay, so that was CW69, uh, CBS affiliate there in Atlanta, Valencia Jones reporting for CW69. Okay, so um, very good, very good uh, reporting there. Uh, Georgia ranks 34th in the country in education. And this is what you're focused on. Georgia ranks 34th in the country in education, and this is what you're focused on. See, what you have here is you have a lot of white people who are who fear teaching about the history of slavery, teaching about systemic racism, etc. And the reason why is is because now when, when this information is taught, it's not designed to make white people feel guilty, but some of them are going to feel guilty because. It's an indictment on what their grandfathers have, some of their grandfathers, what some of their grandfathers have done and some of their fathers and maybe what some of them may be doing at the same time. And we saw this play out last week with the 100th commemoration of the Tulsa race massacre. Because you had, you know, we dealt with the story here where uh, Governor G.T. Bynum, the, the, the governor of, uh, of Tulsa, uh, Republican, white male Republican. Uh, the research was done and his family owned collectively 931 slaves going back to 1665. His family accumulated wealth over decades. He comes from a wealthy family. He has a number of mayors that come from his family as well. And, you know, Tiffany Cross from uh, the Cross Connection on MSNBC, she interviewed him and, you know, he's against reparations. He's against reparations for the uh, descendants of, 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 of the survivors of the Tulsa race massacre. He's against reparations for slavery, but you bet, but you are the beneficiary of slavery. Now we, we're not blaming you for what your ancestors did. You don't have control over what your ancestors did, but, but uh, GT, uh, you benefit from that. So how is it that your ancestors own 931 slaves? But you're against reparations for slavery. And they accumulated wealth off of the exploitation of African people. So when you have these conversations, it can get it can get uncomfortable. Because some people feel guilty because they they know what has happened is wrong. Now, you don't teach this history to make people feel guilty. But, you know, as I said, uh, I think it was last week. You know, a magician doesn't show you how to do his magic tricks or her magic tricks because otherwise they can't keep tricking you. A, ma a, a magician doesn't show you how to do their magic tricks. They don't show you how to do the magic trick because they can't keep tricking. you. They don't they don't want this real history taught because then when you start seeing how the laws and policies are used to oppress people, then you will understand what to target to correct what the target to change. And they want to keep things the way they are. They want to keep the status quo because they benefit from it. 
Racism is a system of advantage and privilege distributed based upon race, which comes out of the ideology of European white supremacy. Racism occurs when one race of people control the majority of the wealth, power, resources, benefits, privileges, land, access to education, access to opportunity, media, marketing, jobs, etc., health care, and they use this to marginalize, subordinate, and do harm to another race of people. So they'll talk about a colorblind society because they know it's not going to happen. They want to keep things the way that they are because it benefits them. Many of them, not all white people think like that, but a lot of them do. A lot of ones in power do. Not all the ones in power, but a lot of them, enough of them. You get the whole white nationalist party called the GOP, the Republicans, the whole white nationalist party. Look at their policies. The whole, the white nationalist party, the QAnon white nationalist party. Okay. Uh, let's go to the phone lines quickly here. Let's go to, we've got, uh, Lori, Lori line one. Hey, Lori, welcome to the African History Network show. Thanks for holding. Tell us who you're calling from, Lori. Yeah, hi, Mike. I'm calling from Detroit. I just, well, thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to wish you a happy birthday. Oh, thanks. And, uh, this is my first time calling for a long time listening. Oh, okay. And, uh, I enjoy your show. I really enjoy your show. And I keep up the good work. Oh, all right. Thanks, Lori. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for holding. All right. No problem. Keep listening. Okay. Keep listening. All right. Let's go to line two. Let's go to Grace. Hey, Grace. Welcome to the African History Network show. Uh, tell us where you're calling from, Grace. Thanks for holding. Thank you, and I want to say happy anniversary of your birth, and I thank your parents because it is absolutely a joy to hear you skilled and build your knowledge. Why <laughs> would you want to deny our children, brown children, that? I, I, can't, even, I can't even stand for that. Anybody of color mm-hmm. want our children to know that. That should be implemented. That is value. You are a jewel and a tool. Listen, bless your parents. Bless your parents. Um, oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm really, I, I get so refreshed to hear you. I, I, I listen to you all the time after work when I'm driving in the car. I'm in the car now. Okay. Um, it is absolutely refreshing. It is oh, absolutely thanks. Refreshing. But, the, but let me say this quickly here. But let me say this quickly here. This type of history, this information has to be taught to all school children, not just non-white school children. White, yeah. white students have to have this information as well. Okay? So it has to be taught to all, it has to be taught to all children. Yep, but go ahead. There is no reason to suppress this. No reason whatsoever because they don't want the truth being told. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be told because it, it, it was wrong that needs to be corrected. And, and, and it just, it is absolutely asinine to suppress this information. And it, I, I would like to know the makeup on that board, fire stuff, Diversity. Well, there were there were only two African Americans on the board. There were only two African Americans. It was a, a, a yeah. Well, yeah, only two African Americans. They voted. They voted no against the resolution. You know, it, it is absolutely something needs to be done. I, I guess the groups of us know what we need to do, um, but collectively we need to be on the same page because we cannot allow this to happen. Um, I was a very conscious child of 10. My grandparents would have it any other way. I grew up being conscious. And okay. my young king that I'm raising in my household is conscious. And he's 19 years of age, attending college, graduating top of his class. I will not let a day go by to let him know what I know. Right. It will not 
he would not be suppressed with information. And I'm normally you see around this time, but you are a jewel. Oh my goodness, it's refreshing. <laughs> oh, thank your you. Your knowledge and the way that you do it and the way to do it. Oh, um, thanks. Bless your parents. Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right, thanks, thanks, Grace. Very, very proud of you. Um, wow, and continue your journey and happy Christmas. Yes, and I'm I'm blessing you with sixty more right off. Okay. <laughs> All right, thanks, Grace. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, keep listening. Keep listening. Thank you. Um, and also, uh, if you all want me to do a presentation for your group or organization, email me at uh, ahnshow at africanhistorynetwork.com, ahnshow at africanhistorynetwork.com. If you want me to do a presentation for a group or organization as well, I'll be speaking. Uh, I'm in Atlanta, June Friday, June 18th through Sunday, June 20th for the uh, Juneteenth Festival uh, there, uh, the uh, ninth annual Juneteenth Festival. I'll be speaking there. Uh, Arrested Development is performing. Uh, speech from Arrested Development will be there. Co-founder of Arrested Development. Uh, you know, songs like uh, Tennessee and People Every Day, you know, Everyday People. Um, they'll be performing. Uh, I'll be speaking Saturday uh, and Sunday, 3 p.m. to 4 p.m., in the amphitheater. Uh, so visit JuneteenthATL.com, JuneteenthATL.com uh, for more information. And uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll put this on our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com uh, as well. I've been posting about it on uh, our social media platforms, but I'm going to get this up on our website as well. Okay. Now, um, I want to go to, we're going to go to clip three. Uh, Shakita, but I, I want to show you something here. Here's the article from CBS Local because I, I looked at some uh, local affiliates, um, some local news sources on this there in Atlanta. I read the article from NBC News. Atlanta Journal Constitution has a story about this, but I looked at the piece from CW69 in Atlanta, but also Fox 5. But uh, this is uh, Atlanta, uh, this is from uh, CW69, uh, CBS Local. Um, in the article, it says Columbia. Columbia University lawyer Kendall Thomas, who you just heard in the clip, uh, explaining what critical race theory is. He co-wrote a book called Critical Race Theory, Key Writings That Formed uh, the Movement in 1995. Key writing, uh, Critical Race Theory, Key Writings That Formed the Movement. He said critical race theory is not about division or divisiveness. It's about democracy. Critical race theory is not about division or divisiveness is about democracy. Um, Columbia University law professor Kendall Thomas works with Kimberly Crenshaw, who founded the theory, African-American uh, sister Brilliant, who founded the theory, critical race theory. He said it's about the systemic, it's about the systemic and structural harms of colorblind racism, which is the face of racism in so much of America today. So you have some people who misunderstand Dr. King and haven't read any Dr. King's writings, haven't read, you know, it, it, so in my online class this past Saturday, I dropped some information on them that I don't think anybody knew. In 1949, when Dr. King was in a seminary, he wrote a paper um, dealing with the influence of the mystery religions on Christianity. 
he, he talked about Osiris, Isis, uh, and Horus in the paper. It's at, it's at the uh, uh, Stanford, uh, the King's, uh, the King Institute at Stanford University, Stanford.edu. So we went through and we're talking about it because, you know, a lot of, you know, when they go through the seminary, they, they take classes like on comparative religion. So they learn about Mithra and they learn about Offset and uh, Asar, Heru, who the Greeks called Osiris, Isis and Horus, you know, the first Holy Trinity, all that. They, they learn about that. Now, some of them don't talk about that they learned about it, but they learn about that. Now, this, this is Dr. King in 1949 writing about Osiris, Isis and Horus. How many black people knew about that in 1949? How many people knew that Dr. King wrote that? See, we haven't studied Dr. King. But let me go back to this here. So it's about the systemic and structural harms of colorblind racism, which is the, which is the face of racism in so much of America today. Um, he said, uh, Columbia University law professor Kendall Thomas said, he has his own theory about those who oppose it. He has his own theory about those who oppose critical race theory. So when you look at this, he's talking about systemic and structural harms of colorblind racism. So a lot of people think that Dr. King was advocating for a colorblind society. He was not advocating for a colorblind society. He was advocating for a society. First of all, he's talking about dismantling white supremacy. They talk about his speech, August 28th, 1963. That was renamed I Have a Dream because that's not the original name of the speech. When you read the article uh, that Clarence B. Jones, who was one of Dr. King's speechwriters, uh, that he wrote for Washington Post, he talks about uh, the uh, the origins of the speech and how the phrase I Have a Dream didn't appear in any of the drafts of the speech because that's not what the speech was about. Originally, the name of the speech was called Normalcy Never Again. Then the name of the speech was changed to a canceled check because Dr. King is talking about when you read the entire speech. OK, not just the last two or three minutes after Mahalia Jackson says, tell him about the dream, Martin, tell him about the dream. And then he shifts and starts talking about the, 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 the dream of the beloved community. But that is after you dismantle white supremacy and racism. People don't want to talk about all that stuff you talked about before the speech, where you talked about fighting against police brutality and segregation and voter suppression and poverty and things like this and holding America accountable for a promissory note that we were given 100 years prior in 1863 with the Emancipation Proclamation, even though that is not what freed the slaves is the 13th Amendment. And he said, when we take the promissory note to the bank, the deposit is marked insufficient funds. He's talking about dismantling white supremacy and racism. The beloved community is what happens afterward. People want to skip over dismantling white supremacy and racism and get to the dream with white children and black children holding hands. That's not what the speech was about. But the dismantle white supremacy, now you're dealing with the money. Because racism is a system of advantage and privilege distributed based upon race, which comes out of the which comes out of the ideology of European white supremacy. You're talking about dismantling racism and white supremacy, now you're dealing with the money. So you have a lot of people who deal with this myth of colorblindness, colorblind society. But colorblind society is problematic in itself. Because what it's really saying, what it's really tacitly saying, like somebody's people say, oh, I don't see color, things like that, right? So you don't you don't know how to color coordinate your clothes. You run through red lights. You just say you don't see color. See, color blindness, that task, what it's tacitly saying is something is wrong with your color. So let's pretend like it doesn't exist. 
Because Dr. King was not advocating for a colorblind society. He was advocating for a society where the, where black skin, dark skin, did not have a taint. Dark skin was not a sin. Dark skin was not persecuted. He was not advocating for a colorblind society. Okay? He talked about being proud to be black. And black is beautiful. Things like this. Okay? People, so people try to take what he's saying and the beloved community and then translating that into a colorblind society, but you skip over dismantling white supremacy and racism. So, uh, Columbia University law professor Kendall Thomas said, quote, it's about the systemic and structural harms of colorblind racism, which is the face of racism in so much of America today, end quote. Uh, he has his own theory about those who oppose it. He said, quote, the folks behind the attacks on, on critical race theory know that if they can stoke racial fear and and district, they can prevent the emergence of the diverse, multi-generational, multi-racial movement, multi-generational, multi-racial movement. He said, he said, referring to uh, last year's uh, uh, 2020 uh, movements that formed following the killings of George Floyd and others. Okay, because one, one, one of the biggest fears is one of the biggest fears that the power structure has always had is, is if poor white people and poor African-Americans and poor Hispanics and all them all unite. Okay, all unite against because they all have a common enemy. That, that that has always been a fear because when you when you study Fred Hampton, Fred Hampton was uniting poor white people with poor African Americans and poor Hispanics and things like this, and he was looked at as a threat by J. Edgar Hoover. Okay, so read this article. Now, this is from CBS Local, uh, CW sixty nine. Uh, Georgia Education Board passes resolution on critical race theory. This is from June fourth, twenty twenty one. All right, now let's look at. Um, uh, we're going to go to clip three here. This is from Fox five Atlanta. Uh, Shakita, uh, Georgia board of education speaks on critical race theory. Let's go to this clip. Joining the heated debate on critical race theory in classrooms. Uh, the board passed a resolution in opposition to teaching CRT in Georgia. And tonight as Fox Five's Rob Durienzo explains, the new question is what now? The State Board of Education's decision to speak out against critical race theory earned the praise of Governor Brian Kemp and Attorney General Chris Carr for taking a closer look at the specific language of that resolution and what it means for public schools in your community. It's, at this point, trying to solve a problem that isn't a problem. Lisa Morgan, president of an advocacy group for teachers in Georgia, argues the move by the State Board of Education wasn't based on anything being taught in public school classrooms. Critical race theory, which examines how racial division intersects with many of the country's institutions, has become a hot button topic in recent weeks. Someone heard something and they think it might eventually happen, so they're going to have a big furor over it now. The resolution, which passed 11 to 2 in the State Board of Ed on Thursday, says anything that makes a student feel guilty on the basis of their race will stay out of the classroom. What we have seen so far is, I think, an attempt to make a boogeyman out of a theory that is both not being taught and that at best would allow us to kind of introspect and figure out what stories are not being told. But the resolution doesn't explain.
explicitly ban anything and nothing in it is binding. The chairman of the State Board of Education said in a statement, no action is required by school districts in response to the resolution. Currently, no resolution-related proposed rule is up for consideration. He added that changes to the rules would require a committee discussion in a 30-day period before the board votes on it. It became a buzzword, and then all of a sudden everybody's against this buzzword, and nobody's really sitting down to do some reading to understand what they are talking about, and everybody just, oh, we got to stop this. Well, the resolution says the board seeks to ban any political ideology in the classroom, Gwinnett County's Board of Ed chairman argues that's exactly its intent. Restricting those stories is itself a political agenda. We followed up with the State Board of Ed chair asking if there's any specific instance of critical race theory being taught in Georgia's public classrooms that led to them passing this. He didn't respond. Several groups opposed to the resolution say that if any of these changes become official, they're going to take it to court. In Atlanta, Rob Urienzo, Fox 5 News. Okay. All right. Thanks. Uh, that's from Fox 5 Atlanta. Uh, that's from uh, May 18. That's from June 7th. That's from June 7th. Fox 5 Atlanta. Georgia Board of Education speaks on critical race theory. Okay. Fox 5 Atlanta. Uh, we've talked about this article here a number of times. And this has the seeds uh, of the fight against critical race theory. This is from NBC News. How Trump ignited the fight over critical race theory in schools how Trump ignited the fight over critical race theory in schools. This is from uh, May 10th, uh, 2021. Read this article also. And uh, if you like this type of information, you want to support the African History Network, uh, you can do so through Cash App, dollar sign, the AHN show through Cash App, dollar sign, the AHN show through Cash App. Also through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. Uh, as I said before, when you do it through Cash App, uh, we have it up here on the screen, dollar sign, the AHN show. And then it'll show my name. Michael has my picture there. That's the real account. These other ones, these are fake African History Network accounts. I've already reported them to uh, Cash App. They've been stealing money from us. So I've talked to people who said they uh, sent money to the fake uh, Cash App accounts. Uh, so you can contact Cash App, let them know that uh, you sent money to a fake account. And they'll, they they usually uh, I've talked to them and they've they will refund your money. OK, so you can reroute it to us if you like. Um, let's go quickly. I mean, we've got time to uh, squeeze in Jerome right quick. If not, we'll try to get Jerome. Uh, we got 30 seconds for Jerome. Is he still there or Lorenzo? One of them. Yes. Hey, how you doing? I know you don't have a lot of time, but, uh, and I'd like to, for you to repeat your information so I can have, have some more questions for you later on. So okay. I just have a question and a quick take on a possible solution. Uh, going back to the uh, uh, 100-day address, when they used us by propping up two black people to say America is not a racist country, on the Democratic side, vice president, on the Republican side, Tim Scott. Uh, they were saying different things. VP VP Kamala Harris, hold on, slow down. You got to go read her full statements. This is this is the mistake people made. I dealt with that extensively on this show, and I went through all of her statements, and I compared that to Tim Scott's statements. They're saying two entirely different things. This 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 is the, the people are conflating the two. People that they, they they were not saying the same thing, and 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 then uh, when you look at the policies coming from the Biden administration, dealing with systemic racism, many of those policies 
Republicans are against and are attacking, i.e. the $4 billion, uh, i.e. the $4 billion in loan forgiveness for black farmers in the American Rescue Plan that no Republicans voted for. Call back tomorrow. We can discuss this tomorrow. You can, you can, you can, you can email me. We got another show coming on, brother. I, this, this, I don't own the network. Email me at ahnshow at africanhistorynetwork.com, ahnshow at africanhistorynetwork.com. But you can call back tomorrow. We're here Monday through Friday, 11 p.m. to 12 midnight Eastern Standard Time. Call back tomorrow, early in the show. We'll get you back on, okay? Thanks for calling. All right, we're out of time here right here on 9, 10 a.m. Superstation WFDF. Um, those watching on Facebook and YouTube, keep watching. We're going to keep broadcasting for a few more minutes. Right now, it's correct. Wrong behavior is not over till we win. We're kind of forever. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. Peace. All right, stand by, everybody. Okay, uh, let's keep going. Let me see. I want to squeeze in this information here. I have more information on critical race theory, but we'll probably squeeze that in tomorrow. I had another, I had another clip, but we'll probably get to that tomorrow. I want to get to this information dealing with uh, um, Clarence Williams III. Now, if you watch this show regularly, you know I went through extensively and dealt with the statements from Senator Tim Scott, because I watched the entire 15 minute speech that he delivered on behalf of the GOP. And I watched the entire six minute and six, six minute and 55 second interview that George Stephanopoulos did Thursday morning, April 29th with Vice President Kamala Harris. And we went through all of her statements. Because in her in her statement, she deals with systemic racism as well and in, in, in calling out racism. The GOP don't want to deal with racism. Many of them are saying systemic racism doesn't exist. So you got to be very careful. You have to go through and read all of the statements. You have to be very careful on this, because if you go, if you look at the article here from The Washington Post that we've talked about a number of times here. What Tim Scott was saying when he said uh, America is not a racist country, one of the things he's dealing with is critical race theory. This is one of the things that they're dealing with, because if you the, the, the speech that he delivered is a blueprint for policies for the GOP. And then all you have to do is look at the policies that the GOP has been pushing since he delivered that speech Wednesday, uh, August 28th. And what he was saying in that speech is reflective in their policies. But the most important thing that he said is not America's not a racist country country is what he said directly after that. He said it's backwards to fight discrimination with different types of, of discrimination. He said it's backwards to fight discrimination with different types of discrimination, which deals with the attack, not just on critical race theory, because there's another statement in that speech where he talked about children being uh, uh, made to feel uh, superior or inferior. Okay. Uh, something to the fact because of having white skin. This is the article right here. Okay, you, you got to do research. All right. Uh, this is from Washington Post, April 29, 2021. Senator Tim Scott's comments on race ignite a fiery debate. Senator Tim Scott's comments on race ignite a fiery debate. Uh, paragraph three. He said, hear me clearly, America is not a racist country. People focus on that. You need to listen to the top 15 minute speech. It's a blueprint of policies 
coming from the GOP, which, uh, which will largely attack African-Americans. The next thing he said is the most devastating thing in the entire speech. He said it's backwards to fight discrimination with different types of discrimination, and it's wrong to try to use our painful past to dishonestly shut down debates in, this, in the present. So when you deal with policies that address redlining, when you deal with policies that address historical structural inequities, the GOP is largely against that. They're against those policies. That's why they're attacking the $4 billion of loan forgiveness in the uh, America Rescue Plan that heavily benefits African-American farmers. That's why they're attacking it. Number one, none of the Republicans voted for the bill. No Republicans in the House of Representatives or U.S. Senate voted for the, the American Rescue Plan, the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan. None. Even though it greatly benefits Republicans in their states, in their district that voted for them. None of them voted for the bill. So you had Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina who said the bill, he, he said the $4 billion in loan forgiveness for African-American farmers and, and farmers of color, he said is racist, okay? And he was crying because he said white farmers can't take advantage of it. He didn't say anything when white farmers got almost $26 billion in 2020 from the Trump administration because of Trump's uh, uh, trade war with China. And African-American farmers only got one-tenth of 1%. One they got 20.8 million. Lindsey Graham wasn't crying about that. So you got to read past headlines and read past the first uh, paragraphs or second paragraphs and articles. Okay? When you deal with interviews, you have to listen to the entire interview. So you, you have this one here from Senator Tim Scott. Then there was a, um, the other one from Senator Tim, Tim Scott. There was an article from uh, USA Today. Senator Tim Scott, and you, you can go to NBCNews.com. You can listen to the full interview. Senator Tim Scott said, quote, and 100 years ago, kids in classrooms were taught the color of their skin was their most important characteristic. A hundred years ago, kids in classrooms were taught the color of their skin was their most important characteristic. And if they looked a certain way, they were inferior. Today, kids again are being taught that the color of their skin defines them. And if they look a certain way, they're an oppressor. This directly attacks critical race theory. This directly attacks teachings on systemic racism, things like this. Most Republicans, they don't want that information taught, and, and many of them are saying systemic racism doesn't exist, like uh, Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida. He says systemic racism doesn't exist. Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, the senior senator of South Carolina, said systemic racism doesn't exist. Well, if it doesn't exist, how do you address it? If it's laws and policies that maldistributed wealth power resources into the hands of Europeans, how do you correct the laws and policies if then you call the remedy, the policies that you put in place, if you call that racist, how do you correct it? They don't want to correct it. And many of them don't even want to acknowledge that the problem exists. Then you look at the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. And people are asking, what's the holdup? Okay, well, why don't you ask Republicans? It passed the House of Representatives March 3rd, 2021 by a vote of 220 to 212. 
No Republicans in the House of Representatives voted for the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. None. The only people that voted for the bill are Democrats. I'm neither Democrat nor Republican, but I, I'm not stupid. I can see who, who I can see who consistently votes against policies and bills that benefit us. And I can see who consistently votes for policies and bills that are beneficial to us. No Republicans in the House of Representatives. 212 voted no on the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act after after saying, you know, what happened to George Floyd so bad and their children was wrong and all this stuff. None of them voted for the bill. So what you see is they don't want to institute policies that really correct the structural inequities in general. You may have one Republican here or there that would that will defect, but that's rare. Didn't happen with the American Rescue Plan. None of them voted for that. None of them voted for the American Rescue Plan in the House or the Senate. All right. So we have that. Go research that. Um, oh, the other thing. Everybody wants to talk about reparations, right? H.R. 40. Well, whatever the hell reparations bill you want to talk, talk about. How many Republicans support reparations? Because when you look at H.R. 40 in the House of Representatives, it doesn't have 218 votes to pass the House. It doesn't have enough votes to pass. But the only people that support H.R. 40 in the House of Representatives are Democrats. It has about 188 votes in the House. No Republicans are voting for H.R. 40. No Republicans support H.R. 40. I'm neither Democrat nor Republican, but I ain't stupid. I can see who keeps attacking and blocking policies and bills that are beneficial to us. Now, some Democrats have problems with it. Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia. You know, but at the same time, let's be let's be clear. Some people say, oh, Senator Joe Manchin should just he should go ahead and switch over to the Republicans. OK, now you do realize if Joe Manchin said he's switching and becoming a Republican, you do realize that means there'll be 51 Republicans in the Senate and 49 Democrats. And Mitch McConnell will be back in back in control of the Senate and McConnell will shut down all this stuff. If, if Joe Manchin switches and becomes a Republican, Republicans will be back in control of the Senate and McConnell will shut all this stuff down. You won't be able to get anything passed. Not of any real significance. And he'll and and any uh, um, federal judges. He's going to try to block that because McConnell has already said he, his, he, he's 100 percent focused on blocking Biden's agenda. McConnell's already said that. Now, Joe Manchin said he's not going to become a Republican. He has no intentions of becoming a Republican. He's not going to do that. But for, for people who say, oh, he should just become a Republican. I disagree with a lot of his. I disagree with a lot of Joe Manchin's politics. But damn, don't become a Republican. Don't switch over to the Republicans. That's going to be even worse. What has to happen in the midterm election? Now, Joe Manchin should be pressured. There, there was an article that we posted today from NewsOne.com, you know, and I haven't had a chance to talk a whole lot about uh, Joe Manchin's op-ed article. But it, it, there was one from uh, NewsOne.com, and, and Joe Manchin contradicts himself. 
he's trying to hold on to this concept of bipartisanship in the Senate that largely doesn't exist today. Because you're dealing with a different Republican Party. You're dealing, you're dealing really, you're dealing really with a white nationalist GOP. You're dealing with a different Republican Party than you were even um six, eight years ago because of because of Donald Trump. So there was a uh article here from newsone.com that I posted today on our Facebook fan page, the African History Network. Okay, and, and see, Joe, Joe Manchin has said that H.R. 1, uh, something in fact is not good for West Virginians, or uh, he said it's, it's divisive, he wants bipartisan support on it. Now, Joe Manchin voted for the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan, okay, that dealt with COVID-19. Uh, that didn't get any support from Republicans in the House or the Senate. But you voted for that. So how is it that you voted for the American Rescue Plan, which helps a lot of poor white people in West Virginia that voted for you? How is it that you voted for the American Rescue Plan and no Republicans in the House or the Senate voted for that bill? That wasn't bipartisan. But you are not going to vote for H.R. 1 because no Republicans support it. Uh, News One has this article from Anoa Changa, or Changa. Joe Manchin's fixation on Republican validation ignores Black West Virginians. Because see, I heard Joe Manchin, uh, Garrick, uh, uh, I think Garrick Hout of um, MSNBC, interviewed Manchin last week, and 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 Manchin was saying that it's uh, HR one is is uh, it's not good for West Virginia or something something to that effect. And I'm, and I'm listening to him, and I'm like, uh, how many black people in West Virginia did you talk to? Because it sounds like you just, you're just talking about white people in West Virginia. How many, how many black people did you talk to in West Virginia about H.R. 1, okay, the For the People Act? I don't think he talked to many of them. If he did, maybe they were Trump supporters. So read this article here from, uh, I don't have time to get into it. Uh, the Democratic senator from West Virginia penned an op-ed opposing democracy reform legislation, citing a lack of bipartisan support, despite evidence of Republican coordination to pass voter suppression laws. Okay, you're dealing with the white nationalist party. All right, so read this article here from... Uh, News1.com. Okay. Hi, I'm Joel Wilson, President and CEO of JCW Computer Consulting LLC, a technology implementation firm with over 20 years of satisfying customers. We offer a full spectrum of industry top tier branded services. We are an authorized partner or reseller for Lenovo, Zoom, T Mobile. Microsoft 365 and Surface Tablets, Google Workspace, Acer, Asus, Samsung, PCmatic security software, and many more. Our online store features laptops, Chromebooks, computers, printers, accessories, and software. Businesses, take advantage of our free one-hour Zoom tech consultation and know 
We offer top nationwide high-speed internet service providers, voice over IP, and cellular phone services. Home users, don't miss our current in-stock Chromebook inventory. Please visit us at jcwcc.com or call 215-879-6701. With blackbusinesstea.com, the messages are clear and meaningful. Keep your business in the black and out of the red. Mind your black business, know your numbers, and plan strategically. Black business boss, lead your industry. Support black business, encourage, patronize, and uplift one another. BlackBusinessTea.com currently has products sold in Detroit, Atlanta, Chicago, and Los Angeles with proceeds returned to the black community. They have a wide selection of hoodies, t-shirts, mugs, hats, sweatshirts that support black-owned businesses. Visit the website blackbusinesstea.com. That's blackbusinesstee.com. Uh, let's go quickly here to uh, Clarence Williams III. So we got the news uh, yesterday that uh, Clarence Williams III, and many people first saw him as a link on the Mod Squad. I remember watching reruns of the Mod Squad when I was a little kid. And also on uh, the Spire Network, I don't know if they still show it, but I know a few years ago on the Spire Network, they showed um, uh, the uh, the Mod Squad as well. Let me see, do we have this up here? Okay, let me flip over. So a lot of people remember uh, Clarence Williams III from uh, Purple Rain. Okay, he played Prince's father in Purple Rain. Then he was in, he was also in the movie, um, he was also in the movie Hoodlum as well. Okay. Um, he worked for uh, Bugsy in uh, uh, the movie uh, Hoodlum. Okay, so he's an iconic actor. Passed away age 81 from colon cancer. There's an article from Variety, and I saw some different articles on this. Uh, this is one I can put my hands on right now. Uh, Clarence Williams III, the Mod Squad and Purple Rain star, dies at age 81. Clarence Williams III, the Mod Squad and Purple Rain star, dies at age 81. Uh, so he was an actor known for portraying Link Hayes or Lincoln Hayes. On the Mod Squad and Princess Father and Purple Rain, he died on June 4th. Yeah, died on June 4th. He was 81. This article is from June 6th. Okay, died on June 4th. He was 81. And let me flip over here. Okay, now let's pull it back up. All right. Okay, so um, Clarence Williams III's uh, management confirmed his death to Variety magazine, citing the cause as colon cancer. Now, uh, Clarence Williams uh, broke through in 1968 as one of the stars of the counterculture cop show, The Mod Squad, The Mod Squad. Uh, also starring then unknown actors Peggy Lipton, Lipton and Michael Cole. He was a mainstay of the series until its end in 1973 and went on to have a career in film 
uh, television and theater spanning four decades. He portrayed uh, Prince's father in the 1984 movie Purple Rain and had a recurring role as FBI agent Roger Hardy uh, on the TV show Twin Peaks. He also had a long-running collaboration with uh, director John Frankenheimer, playing Bobby Shy in 1986's 52 Pickup, uh, Shaka in 1994's Against the Wall. Uh, he played the role of Archie in the 1997 TV movie uh, George Wallace and Merlin in 2000's Reindeers, okay? Reindeer Games. Um, it, they left out Hootlum, okay? He was in Hootlum as well. And um, let me see if I can pull this up here. Let me look at the uh, credits for Hootlum. Bub, Bub Hewlett. He betrayed uh, Bub Hewlett in uh, Hootlum, okay? And uh, he worked for Bugsy Siegel in um, the in the movie uh, Hootlum. I mean, Dutch, I mean, the Bugsy Siegel, uh, Dutch Schultz, Dutch Schultz, Dutch Schultz in uh, the movie Siegel. You had uh, Lawrence Fishburne as Bumpy Johnson, Tim Roth as uh, Dutch Schultz, uh, Cicely Tyson as uh, the Queen, Stephanie St. Clair, Vanessa Williams. Uh, was in the movie as well as uh, uh, Francine uh, Hughes. Fantastic movie, Hula. Fantastic movie. Yeah, he was in Sugar Hill. Yep, he was in Sugar Hill as uh, Wesley Snipes' father also. Okay, so because I looked at some of the credits, they left some of those things out, you know. But he was born in New York City on August 21st, 1939. Okay, uh, Clarence Williams III began his career in acting on stage in Dark of Dark of the Moon in 1957, uh, directed by Vinette uh, Carroll. Uh, directed by Vinette Carroll, he also starred opposite Geraldine Page in The Great Outdoors on Broadway. The Great Outdoors on Broadway. In 1965, Clarence Williams III earned a Tony nomination and theater, uh, and theater World Award for his starring performance in Slow Dance on the Killing Ground. Uh, William, his other theater credits include co-starring with Maggie Smith in Tom Stoppard's Night and Day and leading Joseph Papp's uh, King John at the uh, Delacorte Theater. Now, his other credits include The General's Daughter, Sugar Hill, Half-Baked, Deep Cover, the Deep Cover with uh, Lawrence Fishburne uh, also, Deep Cover, and then uh, Hoolan with Lawrence Fishburne as well. Uh, the Brave, Happy Here and Now, uh, The Legend of 1900, and Life. Now, more recently, Clarence Williams III appeared in Lee Daniels' The Butler in 2013 uh, as the uh, uh, character Maynard. 
Now, Williams is survived by his sister, Sandra Pugh, daughter, Jamie Phillips, niece, Suen uh, uh, Shaw, S-U-Y-I-N, grandnephews, Elliot Shaw and uh, um, Essie uh, Shaw, and grandniece, Azaria Verdon. So we'll find out probably more information um, as well. We know right now uh, colon cancer, but we'll probably find out more information about his life and, you know, funeral arrangements and things like that as well. We use 81, uh, Clarence Williams III, brilliant, brilliant actor, uh, actor for decades. There was, there was one from, uh, I think it was Rolling Out. So I saw a whole lot of posts about this Jet magazine and people showing different characters he portrayed and uh different things like this which one is this one here is this from oh rolling stone yeah this is oh rolling stone okay so those uh article from rolling stones i posted it on my personal page okay yeah so you got that from rolling stone uh on him and they talk about the mod squad um Let's see. Okay, so if we look at this article here from the Rolling from RollingStone.com, Rolling Stone magazine. Um Mod Squad broke new ground. Living Colors Vernon Reed tweeted Sunday. Okay, and this is uh let me pull this up here. Okay, so this is uh Vernon Reed from Living Color. Living Color, the black heavy metal heavy metal band that gained prominence in uh, the 1980s uh they had a song called cult of personality i think i still have their cd uh, i got it when i was in high school uh vernon reed posted uh broke new ground uh clarence williams the third broke new ground you can draw a direct line from clarence williams the third to both denzel and idris denzel washington and idris elba let's flip over to this uh tweet here Okay, here we go. Okay, Mod Squad. So Vernon Reed of um, Living Color um, said Mod Squad broke new ground. Clarence Williams the Third broke new ground. You can draw a direct line from Clarence Williams the Third to both Denzel Washington and Idris Elba. It's it's uh, his moody uh, running. Through the kid in purple rain. Um, that's the furnace of his pain and genius rest and power link. Okay. And he has the article from Hollywood Reporter announcing uh, his passing. Now, if we look at, I want to go back to the uh, article from Rolling Stone. Um, let's see here.
Now, Clarence Williams III told the Los Angeles Times in 1995. He said, quote, it was very difficult. It was a very difficult role for an African-American and a wonderful lead character that a lot of youngsters, black and white and principally African-American youngsters could identify with. Okay, so he was talking about, um, uh, as, uh, I think, as Link uh, in the Mod Squad. He said, I got so much feedback from that show even now, and it's almost 30 years old. This is from the article from Rolling Stone uh, magazine. Clarence Williams III, The Mod Squad, and Purple Rain actor dead at 81. Actor also appeared in Half Bait, uh, Deep Cover, Twin Peaks, and Tales from the Hood. This is from RollingStone.com, June 6, 2021. It was a picture of him uh, from The Mod Squad. So he said in an interview in 1995 with the Los Angeles Times, uh, it was a very difficult role for an African-American and a wonderful lead character that a lot of youngsters, black and white, and principally African-American youngsters could identify with. I get so much feedback from that show even now, and it is almost 30 years old. It is almost 30 years old. Now, over a decade after the Mod Squad ended uh, in 1973, over a decade after the Mod Squad ended in uh, 1973, Clarence Williams, who left Hollywood to return to the stage, made his big screen debut as the kid's troubled, abusive father in Purple Rain. Prince himself recruited Clarence Williams to portray his father uh, in the 1984 autobiographical film. Uh, Clarence Williams III told the Los Angeles Times of working on Purple Rain. He said, quote, there was an acoustic guitar. There was an acoustic guitar laying on the set and Prince was sitting on the floor just staring off into space. And I guess he was going through the same process I was going through thinking, thinking about what we had shot. He, he picked up the guitar and started uh, doodling. I had my eyes closed and I was leaning back in the chair and I thought about Jimi Hendrix. I mean, he was hitting some chords and the sound stage was absolutely quiet. It was just a, Wonderful, wonderful experience. Okay, so check out the rest of this here. Uh, check out the rest of this article. This is from RollingStone.com. Clarence Williams III, The Mod Squad, and Purple Rain Actor Dead at 81. This is from uh, RollingStone.com. So, um, once again, today is Prince's birthday, June 7th, my birthday as well. And we're talking about the passing of uh, Clarence Williams III, who portrayed Prince's father in the movie Purple Rain. All right, so rest in peace of Clarence Williams III.
Now, I want to remind you that uh, you can still register for the online course that I teach on Saturdays, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, what they didn't teach you in school. We deal with thousands of years of history, and we deal with what led up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. We deal with ancient Africa, and uh, we deal with the 800-year occupation of Europe by the Africans known as the Moors. And we deal with what uh, – we deal with the teachings that the Moors took out of uh, Europe. And, I mean, take the, 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 the teachings the Moors take out of uh, uh, Africa and take into Europe. And these teachers are going to bring Europe out of the dark ages. So next class is uh, Saturday, June 12th. And I guess speaker will be Dr. David M. Hotep, author of the book, The First Americans Were Africans, Documented Evidence. So we have the information at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We also have an event invite on our Facebook fan page, the African History Network. I'm going to post the uh, link here. We do the classes live. All the all of the sessions are recorded. We do the classes live. All of the sessions are recorded, so you can go back and watch it over and over again. You even have access to the course even after the course is over. With you can still uh, uh, watch uh, the course. So as soon as you register, you can watch the class we just did uh, this past Saturday. I just posted the link here. Uh, the class is 54% off. It's regularly $130. It's on sale now $60 because we were about halfway through the class. If you go to our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, um, right on the homepage, we have the uh, information for, uh, right on the homepage, we have the information for the class. So you scroll down, you see the information for uh, our radio show. We're here six days a week. And we have the flyer here for Dr. David M. Hotel. He's going to do a presentation for our class. Click right here to register here. It takes you to the next page and click on enroll. As soon as you enroll, you can start watching content. You can watch from around the world. Also, you can support the African History Network uh, through Cash App, dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App or through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. So this helps us keep doing the research, stay on the air, keep broadcasting. We're six days a week. Uh, Monday through Friday, 11 p.m. to 12 midnight Eastern Standard Time, and Sundays, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This helps us keep doing the research, stay on the air, keep broadcasting, finance the show, and help me get to and from Atlanta, speaking uh, speaking speaking in Atlanta uh, for the Juneteenth Festival. So uh, if you do it through Cash App, be sure to do dollar sign, the AHN show, S-H-O-W. Dollar sign the AHN show SHOW. You see, we have uh, the uh, real um, Cash App account here, our Cash App account. And then you see the uh, fake ones here, and you see they're not mine. So, mine, it has my name, Michael, shows my picture, and it says dollar sign the AHN show. That's our actual Cash App tag. The other ones have variations of our Cash App tag, but it's not the same thing. Those are fake ones. So, if you donated, if you sent money before to those fake ones, let uh, Cash App know uh, and ask them to refund your money to you. All right, we have to get out of here. Remember, the African History Network, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world because right now it's correct your own behavior. It's not over till we win Wakanda forever. And we'll talk to you tomorrow night. Peace.
Gain knowledge in minutes from insightful summaries of progressive and socially conscious books. Blacklisted gives you access to curated content that'll satisfy your curiosity to learn and understand different perspectives. Empower yourself through inspirational and actionable ideas. It's easy to read or listen to on the go. Blacklisted. Empower yourself. Start your free trial today. Are you getting ready for fall or winter? We have the solution for all seasonal clothing needs. Cometicwear.com is the go-to online source for Cometic African fashion and lifestyle products with a contemporary twist. We're committed to offering unique styles reflecting our African heritage. Cometicwear.com is inspired by Cometicscribes.com to influence our people in learning and showing pride. Please visit our website at cometicwear.com. We all know the cannabis industry is headed toward an uprise in the past decade. What happens when there is a brand that brings this uprise in a blow? The cannabis industry welcomes her uprise. Hustle her hemp. Delivering excellence with pride is her watchword, and how you choose to embrace it makes it a priority. From cultivating rich cannabis into exquisite and tastefully finished CBD products to delivery, Hustler Hemp leaves no stone unturned. Hustler Hemp's mission is to empower women of color by building business and creating legacies, uniting beauty, health, and business. We are a pure definition of how we want the CBD industry to become in the future. While we are redefining innovation, we bring the same energy to improving the quality of life. Hustle Her Hemp is the new Uprise. Hi, I'm Joel Wilson, President and CEO of JCW Computer Consulting LLC a technology implementation firm with over 20 years of satisfying customers. We offer a full spectrum of industry top-tier branded services. We are an authorized partner or reseller for Lenovo, Zoom, T-Mobile, Microsoft 365, and Surface tablets, Google Workspace, Acer, Asus, Samsung, PCmatic security software, and many more. Our online store features laptops, Chromebooks, computers, printers, accessories, and software. Businesses, take advantage of our free one-hour Zoom tech consultation and know we offer top nationwide high-speed internet service providers, voice over IP, and cellular phone services. Home users, don't miss our current in-stock Chromebook inventory. Please visit us at jcwcc.com or call 215-879-6701. Digital Dandelion's technical solutions works with businesses like yours to create an operations manual for your business, which is something many businesses don't have. According to AARP, more than 30% of small business owners are over 50 years old. Many business owners want to retire by selling their businesses or by passing their businesses on to their children 
However, according to Forbes Investment Advisors, many retiring owners attempt to sell their businesses or retirement fail. You cannot sell your business without a business manual. Your children also cannot inherit your business because there is no way to run it. Your business does not have to die when you leave. Their business Bible products will give you the tools you need for a thriving business that can make you money even after you retire. Are you looking at increasing your business's annual revenue? Digital Dandelions can help you make at least $100,000 in annual revenue and expand your business. Speak with them today about solidifying your business. Visit DigitalDandelions.com today and get a free 30-minute consultation. Hi, I'm Joel Wilson, President and CEO of JCW Computer Consulting, LLC, a technology implementation firm with over 20 years of satisfying customers. We offer a full spectrum of industry top-tier branded services. We are an authorized partner or reseller for Lenovo, Zoom, T-Mobile, Microsoft 365, and Surface tablets, Google Workspace, Acer, Asus, Samsung, PCmatic security software, and many more. Our online store features laptops, Chromebooks, computers, printers, accessories, and software. Businesses, take advantage of our free one-hour Zoom tech consultation and know we offer top nationwide high-speed internet service providers voice over IP and cellular phone services. Home users, don't miss our current in-stock Chromebook inventory. Please visit us at jcwcc.com or call 215-879-6701.